What is going on, high performers? Welcome to our season four finale. I am your high performance mentor, podcast host, and registered dietitian, Desi Abeda. You know, this past season has been really nice. You know, we hit episode 50, which for me was such a really great milestone. You've already heard this story plenty of times, but I have to repeat it because I too am still working on my own version of, of imposter syndrome. I'm working on my self-doubt. I'm working on what it feels like to step out with a great deal and, and a shit ton of self-love to make sure that I, I can do hard things. You know, as a father of a five-year-old, I find myself telling my daughter that all the time, like, hey, you can do hard things. And usually, and I joke around with this too, usually it, I'm just I'm just saying that to myself. <laughs> and so as we've hit episode 50, it's such a really great milestone for our listeners out there. I'm so, so thankful for you. I have so much gratitude for this process and one of the most amazing things and something that I really want to make sure that we're hearing in these heroes journeys and then in our mentorship Mondays is what fulfillment can look like. And fulfillment is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, whatever helps you to feel fulfilled as you become and are currently being the, the person that you need to be for your family, for your work, for yourself, for your future, like whatever that is for you. I mean, it's, it's really about... Um, providing you an opportunity to shine. And that's and that's what this is. And so as we head into the finale for our season four, I wanted to do a clip show. I, I did this last season and I really loved it. You know, all of my favorite shows, they, they do clip shows. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Office, um, New Girl. Like th those are just usually my shows. And I really love when they do clip shows. So I figured the ending to seasons that we're just going to play some of the all-star episodes that we had. And so with our first episode, we had on Matt Frakes, who for those who are day ones, you know that he was a part of the podcast when it was the Men of Purpose podcast. And then he went on to some really great things and shout out to him. You know, he uh, he's the head strength or rather head performance dietitian for Notre Dame. You know, they're about to have their first game. So shout out to you, Matt. Best of luck, my friend. But we dove into a little bit of what he's experienced with his habits, what he's experienced with his own version of imposter syndrome. So we're going to be doing three episodes that are that are kind of like our all-star episodes that are going to give you a little bit of insight on things that you can continue to work on. And again, with these Friday's Heroes Journey episodes, it's meant for you to understand what it takes to become a high performer, to stay in that place, and also to seek an evolution of who you are as a person. And this is where, because success leaves clues, this is where you get a little bit more insight into what keeps people going and, and really relatively what keeps them ticking. And this is what this is about. So with this first episode with Matt Frakes, uh, we'll give you a little bit of insight of what we talked about, things that you can work on, and just humanizing some of what possibly what you're feeling as, as you are going into your journey as a high performer. So I hope you enjoy I'll be giving some commentary in between the episodes just to kind of give it a bit more flow. But yeah, hey, celebration season four is done. Episode beyond 50 is done. Um, I'm excited to do more with you all. Peace. Yo, what up? You've heard how every superhero has their origin story, right? Well, welcome to the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your host, Desi Abeda. I'm a high performance mentor, registered dietitian and family man. Tune in as we explore the high performance habits of high performers, their origin story, and how they went from disbelief to belief in their own hero's journey, where they got to a point and shouted, can't believe I made it. Enjoy the episode. You know, or that are familiar with it, they understand like, okay, some of those is, yeah, some, some tough spots, but at the same time like we just figured out we just try to move through and try to just succeed no matter what was going on yeah. right we couldn't bring no less than a c in a house um mm -hmm. so my mom and dad just always taught us like no matter what's going on around you you have to take care of business and establish yeah. business and make sure you're successful at the end of the day and that's how it's always been um and They've always done what they could. They've also taught us on what some things we need to sacrifice in order to make sure that you have the other things. There was times where we had the, <laughs> the electricity off. So then that way we can have as far as pay for the hot water so we can take it back. Or yeah. points to where we had to, okay, 
maybe some things messed up on this so we can have food on the table. Yeah. And then you go to your friend's house to do other things, to yeah. shower, to hang out, yeah. wear the air conditioning, things like that. Um, yeah. So it was just, just figuring it out, figuring out life and all that. My mm -hmm. parents are juggling all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I, Matt, I, I can imagine that it it sort of caused you to to learn the value of being really resourceful, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And and to and to really ground yourself in human connection. Because I mean, you talked about something that I definitely resonate with is like having friends or other people's houses to go to when you needed yep. to to get that fill, right? Whether it was actual food or just like, hey, things at home aren't great right now, so let me just kind of like be there. Right. Let me kind of just be here with you, uh, with you all. I, I want to ask you something, Matt. You know, if we look at the process for you, mm -hmm. right? When things have been their hardest, like let's kind of like go there for a minute. When things have been their hardest, what has kept you driven? I mean, I I get to see this as a friend, right? And so yeah. I'm like, dude, I I I think I have an understanding about what drives Matt. Uh, Dr. Frakes, my bad. <laughs> um, but Matt, when, when things were at their hardest, what kept you going, man? Man, it's, it's, <laughs> it depends on what stage you're talking about. So I would say one, it was, it was, it was my parents, um, having that support was, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have because even mm -hmm. seeing as far as my friends didn't even have that stability of support or having that two parent home, even no yeah. matter what, even if we were maybe doing worse than them, um, income wise, we still had that value of family regardless. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. was always been around me. So I would say my mm -hmm. family for one, as far as for them and some of those times. And then, um, after when I got my own family, my wife and my son uh, was also part of that. So when things were down bad, having that focus on making sure I establish a scenario that's always going to be better um, than what I had access to. And then also mm -hmm. that's going to give my wife what she deserves. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing. Other thing was just having that unquestionable faith. And that's one of my biggest things is that yeah, I've seen this, I've done this, but no matter what, like from all that I've been through and seen, and there's some times that was, maybe I shouldn't have gone out of that successfully in, mm -hmm. in certain scenarios or yeah. be, be talking to you in this position at mm -hmm. the same time. And then I still, even after prayer or after that situation being shown that all right, you. When I start making some decisions, I'm not going to give you so, too many different chances or so many other mm -hmm. chances, and that's just unquestionable faith of like, okay, if I make this decision, yeah, maybe what I'm not used to or put me out, out of my comfort zone, but me making this decision has led me into a positive direction. Yeah, and just having that yeah. faith that that positive direction is going to occur. And and I think that's something, Matt, that you've described in, in earlier podcasts is, you know, your faith being a really huge value for you. You know, when I when I look at high performers like yourself, Matt, like the, the thing that I really, really love to do, and this is why, like, we're seeing this evolution with this podcast and, and a lot of what I'm doing is because, like, I when I see someone who is really successful, someone that I look up to, someone that motivates me. Right. And definitely, my friend, you are one of those people. I like to look at like, what are their habits? What are their values? Because I got told this a long time ago by an old mentor, like success is in the details and success mm -hmm. leaves clues. Right. Yeah. And so if you could leave some clues for our listeners right now, like what habits or values are you practicing today yep. and possibly throughout your process that you can shed some light on like, hey, like this is no damn accident. Like I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I say one thing is first finding time to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that means getting up early to train or work out, or it may be to read something that's outside of nutrition. Yeah. Something else. I like to think outside the box. I like to get perspectives from different areas as well and have conversations with people from different areas as well because that also helps you become better in your 
perspective feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is prayer. So between those three things in the morning that synchronizes as far as like how my daily routines can be, it's either lifting and then prayer, prayer, then reading or, or just prayer and then going by my day, depending on what's and just being understanding. I can be flexible with all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got to, that's one thing being flexible mm -hmm. and taking care of myself. Yeah. Um, the things that as far as I'm practicing is, is as long with that self care is also prioritizing my family and making sure that my family feels established and cared for and making the time to do so and, and balancing the long era, the long hours of my position with also what can be done right now. And then what needs to be on the backside and that does not interfere too much with my family time as well. Mm -hmm. And then also establishing that I'm not going to go anywhere that doesn't prioritize family too. Yeah. Not going to work anywhere that doesn't prioritize family. It could give mm -hmm. me all the money in the world, but if I can't bring my family around or if I cannot make time to spend with my family and I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's a, a nice little balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So those those are the two things I'm practicing right now. Self-love, the love of my family, and then also uh, finding time as far as in the areas for me to continue to grow as well mm -hmm. as a man, whatever that may be, having some self-assessment on what are my weak points and yeah. just and figuring out, OK, what can I learn or who can I talk to um, to become better in these areas? Yeah, because this because that has all aligned and added up for me to be where I am today because mm -hmm. of the simple fact of that has allowed me to, again, as cliche as it sounds, step aside my comfort zone, but also be comfortable and being. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. I love that. We've talked. We, I mean, we've talked about geeking out about that saying too, being comfortable with, with uncomfortable, uncomfortable, yeah. right? Um, it was actually one of the titles of of our earlier podcast too. So yep. it's it's very uh, it, it's very it's awesome to see this kind of come full circle, Matt, and to see where you are right now, and to see you to to continue to flourish. You know, I got to ask you, like a person in your position right now, what are your thoughts on imposter syndrome, and, and do you encounter it? Oh yeah, I counter every single day. First of all, <laughs> yeah. I'm like one of the only black male dietitians here in the country that has this type of role. Yep. Um, the only one, I, the only other one I know of is my man Isaac over there in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So, hell yeah, I have imposter syndrome, <laughs> and plus I'm somebody that that doesn't come. I come from the complete opposite scenario of my student athletes. Mm -hmm. A lot of my student athletes. This is a private yeah. university. But mm -hmm. a prestigious university. I graduated high school and I got a 15 on my ACT. Yeah, I had great, but I had a 15 on my ACT. I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up being the smartest, and I also come from an instability of financial means. Yeah, it's a complete opposite situation of who I'm talking to every mm -hmm. every single day. And they, my student, they're very intelligent as well. Mm -hmm. So even having those conversations with them, me being 32, them being 18, it still feels like I'm talking to somebody that still has a little bit more that has more intellect than me. So I have to be yeah. on my A game at all times. Yeah. And even at that, it even it even calls me. I the last time I had last time I had a drink was when I was when I graduated my PhD. Mm -hmm. I literally stopped drinking so that way I can make sure that my mental capacity is on this A game at all times when I'm here every single yeah. day and making those sacrifices yeah. to do so. You can ask my wife and that's one of the things that I went from just the extreme of living in Bourbon County, have me a little old fashioned here and there every single time. And it, to now mm -hmm. it's like, I don't have nothing yeah. at all whatsoever. Just so yeah. that way I can have, like I can be on my A game when I'm having that conversation with them or when I'm leading this department, all that stuff too. So it's just from that. So yes, I have imposter syndrome because mm -hmm. there's it's very limited on who I can speak with that can say that they're in my shoes and really have that scenario of you have the social atmosphere you have to also consider. You have what are they, people even thinking about when they're looking at me in this position? Because literally, when you're typically seeing this position, it's a it's a white female mm -hmm. as well in this, in this yeah. role. Mm -hmm. So how do they how do they perceive this as with me not seeing the typical position when they look at typical 
what fits the criteria of who they see us as in our field. Mm -hmm. So yes, I have imposter syndrome. And plus, I'm trying to raise a family every single day. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> just try, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm yeah, just doing the best I can. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing at all. I'm just trying to figure out what my dad did and just go from there and then see what else I can do and just not fail. So yeah. I have that every single day, man. Yeah. The only thing that pushes it aside is that I'm doing the due diligence to make sure that I'm talking to people when I don't have the answers being like, Hey, I don't know what this is having those conversations with them. And I think yeah. people respect that because I'm able to say, I don't know, or like, I'm going to actually learn from you because yeah. this is my wheelhouse. You're more knowledgeable in this. Help me <laughs> Yeah, people respect that more having yeah. that. And then searching for the resources that I need to, in order to make sure that we're successful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, Matt, you, you touched on something that I think is so important and for a lot of our listeners too, to truly understand that life will continue to be chaotic. You're going to continue to have chaos. There's opportunity that will present itself. There are hard conversations that we all need to have, boundaries that we need to set. But I think, Matt, right there, you touched on something that I, you know, first thing that popped in my head when you talked about, like, hey, the last time I had a drink is when I graduated because I want to make sure I'm on point every single day of what I do. And that's to to kind of uh, nullify the imposter syndrome, right? The voices that come in that start talking yeah. shit to you. They're like, "Are you? Do you really belong here? Like, should you should you actually yeah. be here? Like, we got to nullify those voices and really attune to our habits and our yeah. values, right? And so, for our listeners out there, he touched on something. You know, at times, like we're gonna have to level up for the opportunity, and it has everything to do with noticing your distractions, noticing how you check out. And, and noticing how you need to be more present. And I think, Matt, as we went through the habits and the values that you had, the thing that I keep hearing is like, I try to be present in the moment, whether I'm yep. connecting with athletes, whether I'm uh, reading something outside the wheelhouse of nutrition, which that's the same here, uh, whether I'm, I'm praying, uh, you know, even just strength and conditioning, getting a workout and like, that's the ultimate mindfulness journey of like noticing what your body is doing and where your mind is at. So I think one of the big things, Matt, that I got from this convo is, is your ability to be mindful in the moment and what you're doing to stay there. Whew. God damn. I love that guy. Um, there, there's so much about Matt that I just really enjoy as you know him as a person. And it's so powerful to see him you know, go to where he is today. So if you get a chance, check out University of uh, Notre Dame's first football game tomorrow. See our guy in action. Uh, he's responsible for fueling those guys. So it, it, it's so so beneficial to, to see this process. With our next one, it's probably, I mean, all of these are all my favorite. You know, that's why they made the, the all-star, you know, clip show, if you will. But this next episode with Jessica Isaacs, I believe it's episode 42, like literally right in the first 10 minutes, like tears came. You know, because we started to address ways in which Jess was not taking care of herself. And it became much more about leading a better legacy for her daughter and then tapping into areas that she really needed to work on. And the really beautiful thing about any of these Heroes Journey episodes is that we're trying to provide you with details and we're trying to provide you with the human aspect that it's okay to struggle. And when you're able to label the struggle and you're, when you're able to utilize resources, that's where the ownership comes, where if you are consistently engaging in something that's not beneficial for you or serving you, you are making that an active activity. And because of that, we need to weigh that against, hey, what's the type of outcome that you want to desire? So with Jess, I thought it was such a beautiful depiction of what it looks like to live unapologetically and what it looks like to truly, truly fall in love with yourself. So I loved this episode. I'm sure you will as well. Enjoy. Really, gosh, I'm I'm 30, 36 now. I just had a birthday. 36 now. I feel like this hey, is the first time happy in my birthday. Life. Hey, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I feel like I feel like the mid 30s has been the first time where I I felt like I really love the skin I'm in. I feel like I fit in this world now. I feel like I know my path. But it's taken mm -hmm. a long time, a lot of trial and error. And Desi, you know too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. So, all right. So, hold on. Happy birthday. Yeah. When was okay, your birthday? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it was uh, last June twenty eighth. I think it was Monday. 
Okay. All right. So I turned 36 on December 30th. So we're like, right, right in the same, right? Love it. Love it. <laughs> so I, I love just that you kind of expanded a little bit on like, I don't want to throw my parents under the bus. Right. And, and mm -hmm. it, it's so funny that like both of my parents far from, from perfect. I love them so dearly, but they definitely have had a role in, in things that I've gone through in my own personal development. And, and I really resonate with what you're saying. Like, Hey, like at the age of 36, I'm finally feeling like I am who I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I definitely resonate with that. And I'm wondering, you talked a little bit about your daughter being five, right? Mm -hmm. And right now my daughter is five. And so like, it kind of struck a chord with me where you're starting to see certain things and, and, and both my, my wife and I, so she's an eating disorder therapist. So we're, we're always having like the goggles on, like, let's make mm -hmm. sure that we help our daughter really develop a healthy relationship, not only with her body, but just with herself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you can kind of expand on just what it was like being a mother at that time and just being aware that your daughter maybe started to make some of those comments or started to feel a certain way. Can, can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. You know, it's, it's, it was a, it was definitely a learning process because when I was going through recovery, so she was five and, and she, like, I mean, just, just straight up and down a bean pole, just a tall, skinny kid. Um, mm -hmm. but she, she would stand in front of the mirror and, and pick at her skin and, and, and like, like pick at fat that wasn't even there and, and just say yeah. things about her body. And I'm like, there, Shoulder and like at this point, so where is where is this coming from? Um, mm -hmm. And and I knew that it, it had to have been from me. But at that time, you know, I wasn't going through my dietetics program or my nutrition education program, so I didn't even know like the right things to say or not to say. But I knew that there yeah. were certain words that I had to take out of my language. So I took like the word fat out of our our language. You know, we yeah. don't we don't say words like that. There's just certain ways that we talk about people and we talk about things. Um, when, when you know when I was growing up, you. If, my parents, if we saw there's a big overweight person in public, you know, my parents would point and look, you know, and, yeah. and that's something that I realized, oh gosh, you know, I, I have that, that instinct to do, but that's not because that's the way I feel. That's yeah. how, that's something that someone else has implanted in me. And I had to kind of really look at all of the takes, take, you know, inventory and take stock of all the things that I, all my feelings and, and all my reactions and all the words that I was saying and really start to kind of clean that up. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I started there. I started really not letting my daughter see if, you know, I was still kind of doing some diety kind of stuff, not letting her really see that, not having those conversations with her about yeah. that. And talking about the body about, you know, gosh, your body is so strong. Look at all the things. You're so good at soccer. Look how strong your legs are. Look at how fast yeah. you are. And talking about ourselves in a way that was different than how our body looks because mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. And we put, yeah. so, we put so much. Such a huge emphasis on it. And it, and it, it like, Takes, it, it takes our joy. It literally sucks it out. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, and it's so influential too. And I wonder, you know, you, you kind of talked about going through hard times during that time. Right. And, and I wonder, like for me, one of the driving forces has always continued to be like my, my little girl, right. When I really struggle, it's like, hold on, like you're trying to set a precedent. You're trying to lead a legacy that you're really proud of. Right. And so just for you, like, I wonder if you can talk a bit more about like what role your daughter has played in your life um, and also some of the hardest times that you've had to go through and, and what that meant to be like, oh, like I got I got to do something better for for my little girl. Can, can you expand on that a little yeah. bit? I mean, everything. My daughter has been everything. I mean, yeah. oh gosh, I'm a, where's the tissues at? Yeah. I'm gonna start crying, Desi. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? Here we go, Desi. No, so you know, everything. Right. She's been she's been everything, you know, and uh the the reason why I'm still here. Um, your viewers probably can't see, but I have this like, oh, where, where's my camera? I have this, <laughs> I can't even find it. I have this <laughs> tattoo on my arm. It's this dragonfly. And I got that for my, I got that to symbolize my daughter after I tried to take my life. Um, sorry. But if I didn't, if I didn't have her, if I didn't have a reason to do better, mm -hmm. a reason to want more out of life, uh, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So my, my daughter has been everything. Mm -hmm. 
I, I share so much just straight up. Thank you so much. Like I, I appreciate the, the vulnerability. Um, I share so much of what you're talking about, you know, cause there are, there are moments where I'm just like, uh, fuck, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm fucking this up. Like I, I I'm like, <laughs> about all the time, all the time. Where's the book that tells us how to do yeah. this? Right? Where's the book? <laughs> no, because it, it's so true. Because like people ask me, like, hey, like Des, like, why do you do what you do? Like, well, how are you so passionate all the time? I'm like, yeah. look, man, like, <clears throat> I wish that I had what I'm doing when I first started. Because God, man, parenting is such a vulnerable experience, and. You know, I, my wife and I just celebrated our 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 second anniversary uh, this past May, and it's just there's no book, right? Yeah. And you you have all this past conditioning and these things that you like really have to unlearn. It's such it's so fucking hard. Yeah, like you have your parents as an example, and then you decide like, okay, I liked what my parents did here, or I hated what my parents did here, <laughs> yeah. and you try to do it different, but you don't know if it's gonna work out. You just know yeah. how you are. You're like, you're like, I know I'm fucked up, so like, how, yeah. do, <laughs> how do I not fuck up my kid, right? Like that's <laughs> all I know is like this wasn't the answer. This yeah. wasn't the recipe. Or functioning adult, or maybe it was. Maybe like maybe it was the the recipe, and and you know, and I had to figure it out myself. Maybe that's maybe that's the message: is that you do the best you can for your kids, and you just hope that they have enough of um, tenacity, of enough uh, spirit to to figure it out. But gosh, I really want to set her off on the on a much better foot in life, um, and and how she feels about herself, and gosh, how I did. Yeah, you know. <sighs> Mental health is hard um, because in order in order to truly get to that place where you're able to recognize that you, especially for me, you know, growing up in, in a Latino home, like you don't talk about hard things. It's like the family knows, but no one really talks about it. You might have a couple of people who might ask if you're OK, but mainly it's like, don't talk about it. And then just, you know even just with the male culture as well, like the, the very toxic masculinity, it's like, go provide, shut the hell up. And mental health is really hard. And, and you talked about like this moment where you were about to, to take your life. Right. And, and it really struck a chord with me because I've, I've had that moment as well. And it came back to like, who do I want to become in order to be better? Um, what sort of role do I want to have in my daughter's life? Because shit, she's not going to be okay if I'm not here. Right. And so, um, just for you, can you, can you kind of go back to that moment? Like what was going on in your life at that time? Sure. So I, uh, gosh, at that time marriage was coming to an end. I was, you know, in a relationship married for like eight years. We had just, I had just finished my dietetics degree, just landed a fir my first like dietetics job. Things were going well. It seemed like, <laughs> like I was working in a private practice. I was even maybe going to make six figures that year. Like things were looking oh. good. Things <laughs> yeah. were looking good. And I was like, this is it. I found it. Yeah. But but I had this relationship that that wasn't working. You know, we mm -hmm. just we had we had grown apart for a long time and uh, feeling more like roommates than than partners. And um, I think we were fighting against fighting against each other for for a long time. And um, so anyway, so we were going we were going through a divorce and we split and um, he tried to take my daughter um, and he's not her biological father. He tried to he tried to take her um, and she said she didn't want to be with me. And, you know, so, so for me, I was like, well, God, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I've achieved what I, I wanted to achieve, but at home, nobody's with me. Yeah. And it, it was cause I wasn't with me, you know? Yeah. It's because I was doing, I was doing everything for everybody else and, and trying to please everybody else all the time, but I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And she saw that. You know, so even though I had done all this work coming from the eating disorder recovery since she was young and now this she was like th 12, 13 at this time. So it's been a been a while. And and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had just let her down. I let her down. I was yeah. I wasn't me again or I was, you know, in a in a depression, um, in a funk. And so, yeah, so I, I, I tried to take my life and um, 
gosh, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And, and what happened was, is, is I, uh, I had a few phone calls and um, I went back home and I, my parents were there and I hadn't seen my mom in like 10 years. And uh, she's sitting on my couch and I had, I had had a bad relationship with my mom for like my whole life. And uh, she's sitting there on my couch and, and she knew she didn't really like, she, she hadn't been there for me for a long time. So she knew that she, uh, she, she really didn't want, she just wanted to be there for support. She wanted to show that she was there to help. Um, and, uh, and now I, I moved out to California and now we have like the best relationship in the world. It's just like, it's, it's been like a complete, like 180. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I had to, I had to get back in touch with, with me and actually maybe even find me, you know, find yeah. out who's Jessica, what lights Jessica up. You know, I'm on mm -hmm. this path doing these things because it felt like the right thing to do. I'm doing the nutrition path because it felt like the thing that I was passionate about for the first thing in my life. I'm in this relationship and I'm married because I've got, you know, we've got a great family unit and this is, I'm just doing the things that I've been told I should do my yeah. whole life. And, and I had to navigate away from that. And I blew up my life. I blew up my life and I started all over. I came out mm -hmm. to California on a four week temporary contract and just hoped, <laughs> hope things would work out, <laughs> you know, but it, for the first time in my life, I stopped, I stopped really, um, planning and I stopped like stressing about stuff. And I just like, kind of like took felt that like if I just just led with my heart that that I would find the right way and then if I stopped leading with my yeah. mind like like the mind the mind was screwing me you know it, I had to listen to the heart yeah. for once um and out of this you know we talk about our kiddos like gosh you know I I know that from from my parents it was like stuff it down suck it up marines you know marine they yeah. like family yeah. of marines suck it up like, buttercup suck it up <laughs> yeah. buttercup like no no feelings here right like everybody yeah. everybody's sad right <laughs> But, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, but that's one thing I've tried to do for my daughter is like not make decisions for her and tell her how to live her life, but talk her through, like be her co-pilot, like help her mm -hmm. navigate her own life, but let her, her have charge of it. Let her decide yeah. what she wants to do, but talk about maybe, you know, consequences of actions of like what would happen here or there. Or if she is struggling with a friend or a relationship, we'll talk through like how to navigate that. What are you feeling? How are you feeling? What did this person do to hurt you? And, you know, can you work through it you know how do we talk about that let's talk through that instead yeah. of just putting up a wall and running away because that's what i did just put up a yeah. wall run away from everything and i didn't want that for her because really like how we move forward in life is working through those hard things and we have yeah. to work through those hard things by being honest and being open and being vulnerable when you stuff mm -hmm. it all down and you're strong like you're not saying a lot of things and that's a lot of things for then you to have to deal with and you to have yeah. to take apart so god i love her there's just so much about her that I enjoy just as a as a human being. So to, to have you be able to be a part of that conversation, I think, is just so powerful. So Jess, if you're listening to this, uh, you are a real one, my friend. Continue to shed that beautiful light, not only just in your family, but in the athletes and the people and the relationships that you have. So congratulations to you, Jess, if you're hearing this. And for our listeners out there, again, you know, we're trying to provide you with the details. You know, no successful person in this world has ever said, I did this alone. And because success leaves clues, this is what this is what this is about. You're learning clues on how to become that high performer in your life that is able to go in and out of the valleys and lows of of or rather the peaks and valleys of the of life and able to do so in a way where you're showing up as your most precious and unapologetic self. And that's what this is about. So with this next episode, I said this in the beginning of the pod and it's so real. Like <laughs> it's not safe for work. My man Tony Castillo is is such an, an amazing person. And he's also very, very, very funny. So in this episode we dove into uh you know he just recently became a father. So we were diving into his habits and we were diving into why he does what he does. And it's funny, you know, towards the end of the pod, you know, he was really able to express some emotions around who his hero is and why. And we kind of joked back and forth, but in such the best of ways, I think we have to continue to, to push releasing the stigma that that men are, it's okay to feel, it's okay to talk about hard things, it's okay to lean on some healing. And this is what Tony Castillo was all about. It was trying to overcome 
the comparison syndrome that a lot of us really get lost in. And a lot of us, it ends up stealing a lot of our power and a lot of our joy. So with this last episode uh, of our clip show, I just wanted to have you get some insight on what it's like to be human in this process and what it's like to become a high performer and to acknowledge all the things you've had to go through up to this point to see this evolution in yourself. So I hope you enjoy. You mentioned the stuff that you're doing now to try to, it sounds like, you correct me if I'm wrong here, it sounds like to be in your body and to come out each and every day in the way that you do with your clients, with things that you post, like whatever that is, like your most authentic, truest self, right? That's that's what I hear when you say stuff like what you just said. So kind of looking back, seeing your evolution, Tony, what habits or what things have you been like, these things have guided me through this whole process? Meditation has been huge. Something I would have never done. Facts. Oh my let God. Let alone three, four years ago, like before that, I would have been like, man, meditation's super like hippy dippy. Like, I'm never going to do yeah. that. That's what like yeah. crazy people do. I don't know. Um, meditation, huge game yeah. changer for me. Yeah. Um, I've always been a big sleeper. So <laughs> sleep is always a priority. <laughs> um, and being in tune with how I'm fueling myself, like understanding like when I eat the right foods, not that there's yeah. wrong foods, but when I eat foods, um, that I enjoy, like I feel my body yeah. performing at its best. Like I'm not relying on that two o'clock coffee to get me through the day. Um, and yeah. that was a big change for me. So eating right, stress management, like going to the gym, exercising, and I'm not overly exercising. And I wasn't, so before I'd exercise to lose weight, now I exercise to feel good, um, yeah. which is a whole different mindset. Um, I mean, that's then, a transformation in itself yeah. right there, dude. Yeah. 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 And then planning. Planning's got to be like number okay. one because um, I used to kind of just, yeah, uh, like with clients, like, yeah, I'll have a call with you next week. And I would put it on a calendar. But then, like, now I plan at least two weeks in advance. Every Friday, yeah. I sit down and I plan and I journal. Um, and I've, I, those are the things that have put, pushed me forward. So, like, meditation, fueling correctly, better sleep, yeah. better stress management, planning. Um, yeah. Those are things that have really helped me move forward. And then being open, um, we, we have three things up in, in our room that reminds us of like our family values and it's family, health, honesty. So every time we have a decision, um, oh, I look yeah. at those three things and I say, are we meeting those three things? And our goal is hopefully when Amaya is old enough and she asks us, hey, can I go do this? It's reflecting on those three, three words, family, health, and honesty. Yeah. So every yeah. time we make a decision in this house, we say, does it meet those three? And if it's something that doesn't, then we're not going to do it. And if it meets all three, then we can go ahead and decide on that decision moving forward. Yeah. This is so interesting, too, because I think we get the perspective of you being a father and then also having the perspective of having parents that you look up to. And obviously, no one has perfect <laughs> relationships with their parents, right? No one does. What? No one does. Yeah, right. So it's like you're kind of using those, Tony, and I love the three values because it, it to me it kind of shows that you and Alyssa have a, have at least had yeah. one or a thousand intentional talks about like what do we actually want to pass down. So I have to ask you, man. I mean, I've been part of your journey since you and I pretty much started. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you're at a point now. Uh, you shared with me that like there might be opportunities in the future now that you've grown to where you, you've grown to possibly do what you're doing abroad for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm like getting to see this like dope ass evolution <laughs> of my friend, not only just as like a, a entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, but a really successful dad, a really successful husband. And you're someone that I go to for like, Hey, like what are your thoughts on this? Because one of the most influential moments for me leaving baseball was that conversation that we had where you were like, listen, does how much money would it take for you to, to leave your family? And I was like, none and you're like oh you got your answer then man like oh shit that is so simple and you're absolutely right i'm gonna say no to this job opportunity <laughs> and i'm gonna go out on my own right and so you and i have have kind of been together during these life moments so when i ask you this question man obviously it's the can't believe i made it podcast we're diving into people's heroes journeys and, and where they see themselves right so uh my big question for you is have you made it and if not what does making it look like for you and your family I was honestly thinking about that recently. And I went on a walk with 
Alyssa Namaya. And I was like, all right, is it making a million dollars a year? And I thought to myself, that's not it. Because I know if I make a million dollars a year, that's going to be a lot of work that I'm going to be doing. And there's nothing wrong with having that goal. It's just not my own personal goal. Yeah, I want to live comfortably. I want to be able to support my family. Um, and I know that doing that at a million dollars a year, I'll be able to do all that. But then I have no time for my family. Hey, Peggy something... said it best, man. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to give up my time for money. Yeah. And that's just been something that I, my dad has taught me since I was a kid. Because um, when my parents got divorced, it was always like he wanted to spend so much time with me. And I never understood it till now. Like, yeah. I was like, why is he always wanting to spend time with me? Like, what's the big deal? But it's just like time is the only thing we can never get back. Yeah. Um, and especially now with COVID, a lot of people are struggling financially, but we've made it to this side. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, the one thing we can't back, get back is that year. Um, that a lot of yeah. people looked sad and depressed on when it was more of a time of bringing families together. And it did yeah. shift some families apart. But I think that goes to show you that not a lot of people have their values together. But have I made it? Not yet. I, mm -hmm. I've made it to a point in my journey, but not the peak. Um, yeah. Because when the peak comes and you fall. <laughs> so I've made it to a step on my journey. Um, but yeah. what would making it look like? Yeah, what what would be the peak for you? What's what's that moment that you're just like, shit, this is wow. From a financial standpoint, it would be all my student loans paid off, my wife's and I's, mm -hmm. um, a house paid off, um, and everyone in good health. I mean, from a financial point, that's all I really want—a house and debts paid. I don't need much else. Not like I'm yeah. looking to fly jets across the country every yeah. day. I mean, it'd be nice to travel. Yeah. Like I would like to travel. That's definitely part of it. So have yeah. enough financial freedom to, to travel. But that's step one. Step two, I guess from a business standpoint, is be able to affect athletes and active individuals and high performers so much so that I no longer need to preach what I preach because someone that has a bigger platform than me that learned from me is saying it. Yeah. And that's why I like working with active individuals and athletes because they have these platforms that are way bigger yeah. than my own at the moment. And if they can say, Hey, hydrate or dihydrate. I'm good. <laughs> good. So I think if I could get hydrate or dihydrate um, to be known universally, I think that'd be my peak. And it's not because of me, but it's because I know people are hydrating and they, they understood yeah. the message. Um, I think that would yeah. be the peak from a business standpoint. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense to me. Cause I mean, the, you're a complete kind of 180 from really thinking that you're, something was wrong with your body to doing everything that you did. And then getting to that point where you got involved with athletics where it was about performance and it was about mindfulness and like, all right, I didn't perform. Oh, how did I sleep last night? How did I eat? How did I hydrate? And so, man, it's, it's kind of cool to, to hear. I don't even think I've ever heard you say what you just said. Um, I like that. So I will, yeah. I want to say two things. Uh -oh. One, <laughs> you, you've already made it and you've already made it in this household. Because you got a, you got a five-year-old out out in the next room that is more yeah. than willing at any point to tell people hydrate to hydrate or dihydrate. Goals, <laughs> baby, goals. That's it. Dude, Rory, Rory is one of your biggest fans. That's, that's the first. <laughs> My second thing on a, on a bit more of a serious note is obviously you had to go through what you did from that point on where you realized that you were different inside of a, a school of, of people that didn't look like you, right? To that urology appointment to the things that your family has said to you to, to ways in which you've you've chose to distract or remove yourself you talked about the hat you talked about all of these things i mean kind of thinking back and then thinking forward or thinking presently i guess to where you are now is there any message that you would send to that 13 year old that is leaving that urology appointment that was given two choices that had very little to do with possibly helping you with your mental health at that time or helping you understand why bodies are different or, I mean, what would you say now who you are today to that, that 13 year old 
to help them possibly not struggle or was it necessary? I think it was all necessary. I think if I had to go back and say one thing to myself, I think I'd give myself one of these self-branded bottles and be like, hydrate or dihydrate, buddy. And that would be it. Just <laughs> leave it at that and be like, yeah. what the fuck? Why does a creepy dude tell me to hydrate? <laughs> <laughs> Not only did I just have to drop my pants in front of my mom and this lady, but this dude just came in and gave me this branded bottle that says hydrate or dihydrate. <laughs> weirdos dude what a day <laughs> is it freaky friday what the hell uh, <laughs> oh but i don't think i tell myself anything because I, I everything i went to put me through exactly where i needed to be at that moment and um one thing i picked up from my dad it's always like in the darkest times is when dawn will break so yeah. all these dark times it's just knowing to keep pushing through um, yeah. No matter where you are, what you're doing, where you are in your journey, it's it's about pushing through and, and not giving up. Um, yeah. Winston Churchill yeah. said it best, never, never, never give up. Yeah. Well, man, I'm I'm happy to have uh, obviously gotten a, a nice little chapter in your life story of just being a part of it, man. I think that's one thing that I continually get from you is just to continue to keep going. And so. Uh, not only have you impacted this house with my daughter, hydrate or dihydrate, uh, but obviously you've impacted me in so many positive ways, man. I'm so grateful for our friendship. So um, before I let you go, I got a fun question for you, and then we'll do all the pleasantries of where people can find you. All right. Uh, obviously, podcast about the hero's journey. So I want you to put yourself in the mindset or the place of a superhero, right? Marvel, DC. Uh, you can even go beyond like characters and movies that you really look up to, right? So with that being said, who is your superhero comparison and why? I've thought about this before and I, I, I like superhero movies, but mm -hmm. the, the person I compare myself to or, or I push myself to strive toward is, is my father. Um, he is I my okay. superhero. Um, okay. Reason being, he came to this country without speaking a lick of English, um, made it as a doctor, taught at Columbia Presbyterian, which is one of the best and highly regarded medical schools in the United States, mm -hmm. um, had a family, opened his own private practice in a, in a county that, in a city that was mostly American, mostly white, and didn't accept brown people at the time or didn't know what Hispanics were. We're still working on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> even though um, during the time when my parents got divorced and I never understood it, um, but from a man that has always been honest and a hard worker and has never told a lie in his life, and if he has, it hasn't been to me or to anyone he's worked with, I consider that a, a superhero, like being honest. And it it's not easy being honest. It takes a lot out of people and people think like, Oh, what's, what's being honest. But there's a lot of things that we can lie about. And I think knowing that about my dad and him always supporting me, that's, that's what makes him a superhero to me because at the end of the day, that's, that's what empowered me to be who I am today. And he's someone I look up to every day. Yeah. And it's rightfully so, man. I think as you talk about your dad, I mean, there's your family. You talk yeah. <laughs> about your journey and then also what your dad represents. There's your health. Yeah. All right. And then if we talk about that last value, which you're absolutely right, man, I think honesty is, is such a hard thing. It requires you to have that mindset that it's okay to have hard conversations. So, um, man, I'm so grateful for you, dude. Great for uh, you too, thanks man. For thanks for having me on. And yeah, me cry a on the bed. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, that was my goal. Like, I woke up today dirt. and I was it's like, a little dirt. <laughs> like that Geico commercial. I yeah. forgot what the song is. <laughs> it's got pollen. <laughs> I think I got a mosquito in my eye. Hold on. Yeah. Came around. Uh, yeah, man. I woke up today feeling violent. So I was like, I'm going to make, make Tony Castillo cry today. There it is. That's it. Uh, no, man. Jokes aside, bro. I absolutely appreciate the the vulnerability behind just telling your story right now, man. Yeah. You actually said some things I actually didn't know. So I think yeah. for a lot of you listeners out there, again, we're we're doing 
this series because I want you to understand that like these people who are performing at high performing levels, right? These people that are the people that you look up to, they're subject to self-doubt. They're subject to triumph. They're oh, subject yeah. to, to pain, to hurt, to all the things that you feel. So if you're listening to this and if this is hitting you some sort of way, it's because you're a fucking high performer and you need to become that person. All right. What is good, everyone? Season four is done. Um, there's just so much that I, I want to thank you all as listeners and people who continually support the pod. These stories are meant to help you. And so the biggest way that I can say thank you and the biggest way that you can say thank you for any of the messaging is literally just to hit that share button. Share this with someone that you know wants more out of their life. Share this with someone that you know is struggling and, and is okay with getting some some help Share this with someone that you know desires consistency behind their habits, that you know desires to be the hero in their life. Share this with that someone. And if you are that person that is going through this sort of evolution phase, it's okay. It is absolutely okay. See yourself in the type of outcome that you desire and be okay with the idea and the mindset that failure is a part of the feedback and be okay. And I said this in the last pod, be okay with frustration over quitting. There are so many people in this world that are entirely, I don't want to use the term okay, because I don't think that they're okay with it because it's what keeps them stuck. But there are entirely too many people in this world that are underperforming in life. And so what we're asking you to do as this high performer is to ask for help when you need it, to be okay with, with navigating mentorship, and to put yourself in a position where you're surrounded by people who are going to uplift you. And that's what this is about. So Here's the closing to our season four. Uh, season five will be dropping this next week. Again, I, I love kind of closing these seasons with clip shows like this. So uh, mad love to you all. I am I'm having so much fun, not only just being your mentor and your host, I'm just having so much fun being aligned with, with this message and, and what we're doing here. So um, alignment is everything, y'all. Love you. Peace. What's up, high performers, high performance mentor and dietitian Desi here. Before I let you go, I just want to speak to your heart real quick. If there's something inside of one of these stories or inside of one of these episodes that is really resonating with you, it's because I'm speaking to the high performer in you. So there's two things that I want you to do before you get done here. One, if you're looking to surround yourself with other high performers and you're looking to get more of a cue with how to become the high performer that you need to become, I want you to join our Facebook. It's called the High Performers Club. I'll make sure that we have that in the show notes of each and every episode. All you got to do is click on the link, answer a couple questions and you're in and you get full access to a wide variety of free videos, free content for you, free ways for you to, to step up and become the high performer that you need to become. On the other end, we also know that information is readily available. It's the application that people need to invest in in order to get to that point where they have sustainable change towards their habits and towards their high performing selves. And so if you're looking in ways to work with me, please click on the link, fill out a couple questions and see what kind of spots are available in the moment. I would love to work with you if you are someone who is looking to become the high performer that you need to become because it's what I do. Love y'all. Thanks for listening.